Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm Javier Proenza, and today my guest is Lex Jurassic. Uh, we are talking to someone from Tucson, Arizona. I always like to get a sense of, I'm starting to get a bit of a lay of the land. Like LA can be kind of LA centric. So I always like to make California people listen to people from other places in the world. Yeah, that was we, smooth. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we exist. I know you do, for Believe sure. Believe it or not. <laughs> I w there was a moment I was like, oh, I wonder what life li is like in Tucson. And then I got all the like clickbait things about how horrible <laughs> Tucson is. And I was like, everybody that I know that's lived there loves Tucson. So I don't know what all this hype is. No, it's, a, it's like a very like I was literally saying it yesterday. It's a very common thing to be like, Tucson sucks. But I'm like, yo, cost of living. Yeah, for sure. That's Quality one of, the of life. <laughs> and you, you do. Well, it's also it's also funny. One of the things that like because out here, everybody's so um, they get a little frustrated with the art world and like the hierarchical nature of it. But like, you know, places like Tucson don't have that drama. You guys, it's like I, I is it, 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 are there like mid tier galleries? They're not they're no mega like David Zwerner's not in Tucson, is it? No, but like he would come here and like scoop somebody up and like yeah 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 give yeah them yeah to the bless them. But but in terms of like uh, yeah, because over here like I mean Hauser and Worth and all of that is nice, but I've just recently realized I don't spend that much time going to those shows. Last one I went to was the Candor show that, or last one I remember. But uh, you know, I that's on me. I should go more. But it's like, you know, even out here, you just get caught up in your scene and you hang out where your friends are rather than like always going to like the oh. toppest tier stuff. So what what's the scene? Would you, do you guys have mid-tier galleries? Like I uh, would say we have no galleries. No, we don't have any. Tucson is a great place to live and function and grow mm -hmm. as an artist without having to have that like hyper awareness or that like... Yeah feeling like, oh, I have to be doing something that maybe isn't authentically like on my path. Yeah. yeah. And then and uh, you, I, and you just drive to L.A. and and it's six hours away and experience the drama. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it it's uh, everybody's hardened over here. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know We're I'm we're like 45 minutes from Mexico, <laughs> six oh, hours yeah. from L.A., we invented the chimichanga. Like, oh, really? That's a that's a Arizona invention. I didn't it's know a that. Tucson specific. Oh, okay. Isn't that beautiful a fried burrito. Is that it, what the chimichanga is? Yes. Oh, okay, it's that's a, that, the, the fact that it's fried. It makes it more American now. <laughs> exactly, it makes it delicious. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go get one after this. Uh, except I probably shouldn't because my cholesterol is a little high. But um, so okay, so then you you but you also okay so I've seen you you have you have some work up you did uh, a restaurant show which I've also done in the past yeah uh, one of the uh, low key one of the best ways to make money honestly you sell yeah. so much in restaurants like I I had uh, I bought a laptop off of sales that I did at a restaurant in Miami like way back in the day. But I think uh, it's it's interesting. What other what other showing opportunities have you had uh, at, that specifically in Tucson? Well, I I try not like uh, like restaurants and cafes are not it. But the one that I 
have work up and now five points here in Tucson is like extremely special and mm. you're probably not aware of it, but right now is the gem and mineral show. It's the largest gem and mineral show somewhere America. It's like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people come to town. So uh, it's like, why not? People yeah, spend yeah. money. I mean, I've gotten tattoos on vacation, like just cause yeah, I went. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know what else Tucson specific. I mean, I do. Well, you have, you have, you also did the, you have that mini gallery oh, that you I made. Have yeah. I have, so, I spearheaded the mini mocha with mocha through mocha Tucson here. Okay. So that's a kind of like the same concept as a little free library. I work with teens at, um, Mocha Tucson. So it was like, I dreamed of the project. We spearheaded it and the team teens got involved. So you can drop off art and leave art and and then people pick stuff up. I, yeah. I saw in one of your stories, people. Yeah, there's was three like, of them currently in Tucson. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Where are they located? What, are they outside of Mocha? One's outside of Mocha Tucson. Uh, one is at on the campus, the y, uh, YWCA campus. And the third one is by, on the UA campus, uh, adjacent to a program called Artworks that works with people with disability doing art all day. So mm -hmm. we're hitting we're hitting all the the great spots. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, it seems to be pretty packed. Like when I saw the the the, the stories, like people just, it's like it it gets it's like a cupboard where people can kind of just put stuff. It's like one of the yeah, pantries. It's that they feast or famine with the mini mocha. Like oh, okay. it's, it's like full dead. Sometimes it's packed, and sometimes like assholes come and stuff like books in it. Books. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not a library. It's an art gallery, or it's an art yeah. museum. Yeah, and there's a sign, but. People, yeah. don't, people that read books don't read signs. <laughs> so Go we've figure. never we've never met before. Well, I think you and I know that. Yeah, we have no friends in common. We don't no, even no, like no. you and me. <laughs> yeah, yeah we we've beefed. We've beefed on Instagram a little bit now. <laughs> <laughs> We're like Nicki Minaj and Megan The Stallion of like. Oh my God, that is like that, I, I I that is so. It's so funny when people whose music you're not like not not that I have any problem with their music, but like the dramas come out and I'm like, I, I last song Megan the Stallion song I ever listened to was probably WAP and the last uh, Nicki Minaj song. I don't even know. But uh, isn't there a song called Anaconda? <laughs> I believe <laughs> so. Uh, but I think the art world needs more like petty beefs. I think we would like sell more work. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think there, <laughs> if there was more drama, like outside of galleries, like artists on artist crimes, I'd like to see more of that. Oh, man, there's plenty of artists on artist crimes. I don't know how beneficial it is to for me to do podcasts on it because you know, I have beef. You don't want to do a true <laughs> crime artist podcast. I mean, I, I oh, wait. I, are you suggesting I murder my beef? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, if it's performance art, I don't think it's. Like, oh, you think murder is okay as performance art? There you have it. I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I mean, fair stop enough. Um, so that well, who would you, who do you do you want to call out anybody on the show? You have any yeah, any? Yeah, any? you. Yeah, you. Oh, the, oh, okay. So the beef I'm calling is with you the out right now as a former Guitar Center employee. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> who likes guitars more than art. I'll be like, you know what? He likes music more than art. Oh, yeah. No, that is a good like call. Art. And he doesn't even play that much. So <laughs> he just has them there as a reminder of all the time he's not spending practicing. That's every um, dude. That's yeah, literally yeah. every dude with a guitar. It's like, oh, guitar, well, I miss you. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it's it, it's like it's already hard enough to make time to make art and, and justify it in a capitalist world. And then you're yeah. like, it just feels self-indulgent sometimes, which I know it shouldn't. But yeah, yeah. no, I mean, I'm happy to what, take up you the know, brief. What, what's you, your you, like daily pressures? Like what are my the daily pressure? Oh, my daily pressures are just to make sure that I have enough guests on the show. Yeah. Uh, like right now, I'm like, I have I'm booked until a certain point until like March. But at the same time, I'm like, I need to double book. I, I need to have like two, two weeks so that I can start building up my bank. So yeah. it it's it, uh, it, basically the show is like a daily pressure because it comes out every week. So yeah, and you go places every day, like you go to a work or a Starbucks or like what's it? Coffee bean. Oh, no. No, no, I I'm uh, I mostly work from home. I and have you stay like in your house all day. Yeah, which can get a little like you know cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. But I mean, I I definitely I also have people come over, so it's not like I'm completely isolated. Like right now, you're in my house and I'm talking to you. I'm happy. You're in my human. house. Look at my <laughs> look at my beautiful glass cap. Uh, uh, no, I my studio is in my house, so I relate yeah, yeah. to the cuckoo of it all. Where like my family comes home at the end of the day burned out, and I'm like, "Hey guys, hey guys, <laughs> want to talk? Want to go somewhere?" And they're like, "Literally no, <laughs> we're sick uh, of you, family." You have you have a husband and how many kids? I got one kid. One kid. Okay. No lady artist. One kid. Okay. <laughs> that's that, the is, that's the limit for you. Yeah, it's enough to make you, as I, a friend reminded me, I said to her, I said, it's enough to make you not an asshole, but enough to, but to have like a family. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on on parents being assholes, but a lot of parents go crazy after they have a kid. No, no, so. you're an asshole if you don't have a kid. Because you, you're mentally like psycho psychologically wise, you're still, you're watching like sitcoms and you're like, oh, that teenager and you're like 37. <laughs> you're like, oh, <laughs> why are those parents being so mean to that kid? And you're like, look over your video. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I think you grow up like, a lot faster when you have when you have children. Your like maturity level has to increase yeah, I'm because very, I'm very yeah, yeah, I'm very self-indulgent. Uh <laughs> how old are you? 34? 30. Oh, you're so kind. You're 48? now 48. <laughs> Jesus, now you're not. <laughs> 43. <laughs> 43 43 living in LA and born in Rome you are you start you really are trying to start a beef coming <laughs> <laughs> for you like did you research me I don't think so no 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 no, no. I don't research anybody um, really? this is like a first date yeah yeah 100 like percent every, every time yeah, every time if I would call it the show could easily be called artist first dates I think there is a first date podcast somewhere now i think someone has like for, uh, like first date with somebody but yeah essentially that's that's what we do here did you did you have a, a specific thing that you wanted to talk about or do you want to just keep shooting the shit um shooting <laughs> the shit but also i i i like to talk about humor <laughs> okay so so it's there do you use a lot of humor in your work uh it, or you just like humor it's because that's one of the things i, I really liked about art and nobody seemed to really be that into, which is that you can be funny in art. 
And like, yeah, I had and, a friend and, and tell me like, you should be like, your art should be as funny as you are. And I was like, no. Yeah. And then I was like, actually, my work is very vibrant. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's happy, but I mm -hmm. find it creepy. I'm like, if anyone's that happy as this work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's problems. oversaturated saccharin. <laughs> yeah, it's good shit. But I've been recently like thinking about and examining like the parallels between art and stand-up comedy because I've been doing a little stand-up. Oh, you've been doing stand-up in Tucson? Well, yeah, I, I mean... I mean, there's overlap there. I, I also did stand-up and then I realized, oh no, I'd much rather just not have an audience in front of me and have them like far far away listening in their house that I way if that. i tell a joke and they don't laugh i can't hear the the silence you can't hear the silence <laughs> you're like if i tell a joke in the woods yeah exactly if no one's there to hear it was i funny <laughs> <laughs> no because i see art as like i feel like with art and comedy like everything's on the table mm. like you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah. Uh, you can say whatever the fuck you want within the confines of like the gallery space versus the comedy club. Like it mm -hmm. has to be within the context. Otherwise yeah. you're a psychopath or you're getting arrested and, and it's up to the audience, you know, and the people present with the work to confirm if you fucked up or if you su were successful and they may or may not even be right or wrong about that. Yeah, and I've also heard comedians. You you hit on something that was interesting. I've also heard comedians like judge each other because you they're the, and the critique being like, you could literally talk about anything, and this is what you're talking about, which I think is oh. an interesting overlap in terms of art because like you could make art about anything, and like sometimes people, it's like interesting. It. Yeah, sometimes Sorry? it's good, sometimes it's bad. I mean. What do you what do you what do you do you make jokes about flowers the same way that you make art? <laughs> no, I won't say I well, I have a, a little set about being a child beauty queen. So you were equally, a beauty you were a beauty queen? I was a winner. I was a you winner. You were a winner. Oh my god. Winner. So but, like pageants and stuff? Yeah, but not a lot, but just enough to write comedy. <laughs> How how old were you? Was is this toddlers and tiaras kind of age? Group? Yeah, yeah, but it was I'm old. I'm elderly. And so it was at Wait, a time. You're before. elderly now? Yeah, I'm, I'm 59. You're 59? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 46. You're 46. But if you tell people you're older, they say, whoa, you look good. You okay. Know? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, but it was a time before toddlers and tiaras. It was a different time and pageant. People weren't judging it as much, or what? What do you mean? By, yeah, it was by this that? like full sexualization. None of this like pretending we're not. I'm just kidding. Wait, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was before like dresses got super fluffy. Okay. Before it's... there was like uh, fake teeth. Okay, so but was you it as know? sexualized? Was was, was <laughs> I, no no? So it's no. not. Uh... Okay. No, but uh, so, yeah, so I do a bit about that and uh, I'm uh, that I'm growing and um, yeah, I'm not. I, I dated somebody in high school that was kind of <laughs> into that scene and I always found it pretty strange. It's strange. But, That's the so, fun what, part of it. It's like, what, it's no different than performance art. You know, it's weird. Like, yeah, that. except your parents are like involved a little bit more, you know, like <laughs> I think a lot of times performance art is 
in spite of parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, all performance art ends up like naked on the ground. And you're like, take that, mom. Take that. Yeah. This is, thanks for paying for college. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> so is where what was, I did. Where was this person that you dated? This was in Miami. I mean, I, oh, I don't want to get too. Miami. Yeah, the, uh, I don't want to get too much into her because no. I'm sure she probably doesn't love me anymore, or, or <laughs> maybe even outright hates me. But well, uh, but she's probably beautiful. Well, she was. I mean, I was into Daddy. her, but but uh, but it it was just an interesting thing. Like it just seemed like um, there's no like male equivalent. There's no like you know like like. Uh, men doing things based on their looks kind of stuff men being beautiful men well, being beautiful drag. like it, yeah but drag but is matt. like you want matt matt i mean i do think men should wear like speedos more often i know that's like not a popular opinion but i do think men should you should be very Force. careful what you wish for. No, no, I think they should. I think they should <laughs> because I've been to Europe. Like, and we're showing off the business. Like, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know, but I don't even want to know. Yeah, you might. You I might have regret a right. that. <laughs> have you been to Europe? Have you been to England? <laughs> yeah, I love to, it. Have you seen English people at the beach? <laughs> oh, God, especially English people at the beach in Spain. That's peaking mm. people. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Germans too. No, I mean not to marginalize any groups of uh, white Europeans, it. but um, <laughs> but you it's... grew up in Italy, right? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Italy. I was there. I remember going to the beach one time, and there were dudes in speedos wearing Spice Girl shoes, like platforms on the beach. So stylistically, it was always a little uh, behind, but it was always interesting, you know, like. Not behind. I mean, obviously, it's alta moda. It's like fashion, but I'm saying like the uh, the streetwear always caught on afterwards. Like the jinkos were a little bit behind. You know, they they arrived a little bit later. But yeah, dude, during the Spice World uh, um, stuff, there was definitely like it was it was almost comical. Although the dudes looked good, I, it was just the thing that you know, wearing platforms, <laughs> platform at shoes beach. at the beach just seemed like a strange choice but yeah yeah but like ladies in miami do that all the time yeah ladies in miami right? oh. i mean i know i don't know what i'm i only my well, only reference is real housewives of miami <laughs> i was recently in miami and i was on the dating apps and i was like at first i was like oh man there's all these like super well photographed women with super well photographed uh, pictures in their profile and they're looking very cute and very attractive. Yeah. And I was like, okay, don't mind if I do slowly started to realize that none of those women are there to meet men. They're there to promote their only fans because Miami <laughs> is the capital of like per capita. There's more only fan models in Miami than anywhere else. That's so beautiful. that that's beautiful. It, it, it's like, it's a strange thing that I didn't realize until I got there. It's changed in the last uh, 15 years, but it's always been a very much wearing shorts with high heels culture. You want to have uh, your legs look good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember like people from the Midwest coming to school there and being horrified by some of the fashion choices. It seems it's, it. I was, when I went to Basel with my mom, I think not last year, but the year before I, there were like young girls that were college age and they were doing a dress up thing. But it was like it it looked 
it didn't hit, you know, like it was like, I was like, oh my God, like, where are you guys getting your fashion advice from? It seemed it was, there was a lot of shiny and attention getting gear, but it was like not a well put together outfit. So it was interesting. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, obviously your peak fashion right now. Yeah. yeah. White t <laughs> you know, just the blank t-shirt so and jeans. So what, yeah. What? What are these looks like? What are the art bath? Like if, if if I was to go to art Basel as an elderly woman, what 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 would you be like? What to wear? Elderly woman? No, yeah, it was AARP and me go. It was mismatching things, and a lot of it looked like costume garb. Like the skirts were like costumey materials, so they were going for it. They were bold statements, but. It just wasn't a cohesive outfit. And I was just like, I was just there with my mom and like, they're young. So like, whoever, whatever, who am I to judge the fashion, the current fashion trends? But I was definitely like, oh my God, these girls are trying really hard and it just looks goofy, you know? And like, yeah, I feel like that is the look when a woman is young. I feel like that is always the look. Like maybe I, maybe I thought you're it was like, this is it. I'm going yeah. for it. I, I'm wearing the tube top and the, cause there are photos of me. Uh huh. That you regret. Insane, in a, <laughs> in a see-through top <laughs> and a Whoa. denim shirt that zips both ways. Uh -huh. And I look back and I'm like, Oh yeah, I definitely wouldn't do that again. But like, I'm glad I took the time. Yeah, I mean, I was wearing Jinkos, so I want to be clear. I'm not like, you know, when I was a oh, kid, too. It's clear. So I, I, I just want to be clear. I'm not judging them. It just no. it 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 was more of an observation about maturity and how they presented themselves. And it it just the best way that I could describe it. It didn't seem like outfits that people would actually wear, you know, like, yeah, like, I feel like that's the youth. The youth is. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That's that's why that's okay, why so I tied into Jinkos. Like, what would you like recommend for me for Art Basel? I'm going. Art Basel. I'm gonna be walking around. I don't know. I think I need to, look, I need to promote myself, so I need to look profesh but cute. Uh I feel uncomfortable telling a woman how to dress. I'm asking. But... <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs> but I will say, you know, like. Look, a lot of a lot of the things that fit in at Basel would be like cocktail dresses or Ooh. if you want to go for a night look or, uh, you know, sundresses during the daytime, mm -hmm. uh, you could get away with big hats if you wanted to. But they're not a requirement. But, yeah. you know, like like uh, you can go for it. I'm not I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying that, like, there was, you know, like there's it's the difference between like an outfit that you notice and you're like, oh, damn, that looks good versus, oh, my God, like this is a they child playing dress up, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I can't pull off like too nutty of a look. I'm always thinking about context versus you're context. wearing a pretty bright sweater right now. I'm... Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> it's conservative. It... I'm not saying that it's like showy, but, you know, I mean, I like tennis. <laughs> you like what? Tennis. It's a tennis ball. Ten tennis ball jacket. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> sweater. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a sweater I purchased when it was 120 degrees here. That I said, mm, winter time, <laughs> February first. I'm wearing that sweater. Yeah, but so, you can tell you you can tell you're from like a a, a sunny place. 
<laughs> if that's your winter attire, because that is the most summer sweater. <laughs> yeah. In terms of colors. It matches, but it matches my phone. <laughs> so green is your favorite color? Uh, you know what? Funny story about Tennis green. yellow. <laughs> Funny story about green is that my uniform from first grade to eighth grade at Catholic school was like a dark green. And I grew up in the mm. Northwest with oppressive dark green. I was like, I hate it. It's garbage. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like every painting is green. Is so. dark green? No, leaning towards psycho green. Psycho green. <laughs> acid, acid green. But now I've like I've come full circle on green. Okay. But I love it. It's refreshing. But I also think the causation for that is because I'm in the desert. And there, there's green, sage, sage green, mm. powdery greens, but it's nothing like the oppressive green. So I'm, I feel like I miss it. I paint a lot of like grass. I've never green. heard anyone talk about nature as oppressive green. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the North. But, but I get it. it the, 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 the water, the rain, the constant rain. I'm sure that. Well, the rain, I use yeah. oppressive to describe the rain in the North. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is a nightmare zone. <laughs> People from Tucson or like the Southwest are like, oh, I would love to live where it rains every day. And I'm like, you want to die. <laughs> That's the feeling. Like it hits you. It's hit, You're wet all the time. Like here when it rains, as it's rainy there in California today, as you told me, uh, rain here is a celebration. And I just People are happy for it. Oh, people run outside and are like, blessings from heaven. <laughs> like, oh, we need the rain. The rain, it's supposed to rain later today here. Yeah. It's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna I rain. I'm gonna put on the traditional garments of my culture of the south or of the northwest, which is a sweatshirt and a beanie okay. and sweatpants. And I'll like maybe put a fire in the fireplace. Well, I'm glad that you got dressed up for the podcast. <laughs> I mean, half of this is sweatpants. <laughs> yeah I, I i don't have shoes on right now and i'm kind of regretting it because it is a little chilly i had to if turn this the, was a the real on. date and you showed up without <laughs> shoes oh uh, yeah no that would be terrible that would be okay um so then uh okay where did where did you study where, where like what what how did you d decide to become an artist and all of that like <laughs> you, you think i studied you this? didn't study you didn't study to become an artist well, when, did you, I, when did you decide I, that you were an artist then at how old were you baby I, baby sized i mean i was i grew up in a uh family where my uh which fostered creativity it was definitely something i had some like talent for if you could call that as a young mm. as a young person but i also was also very ill as a kid with asthma and I was always like, oh, you can't go out to play. You need to lay down. Always having lung infections because of that fucking rain. Mm -hmm. And um, as a result, I, uh, you know, really found solace in making and creating. So um, I was accepted to a school called Cornish College of the Arts when I was 15 and went there for a year and it really, wasn't a right fit for me. And as a result, I ended up studying because I grew up around artists and with artistic people around me. Um, I just heard them always saying like, oh, I don't know what 
I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this X, Y, and Z business-wise. So I ended up studying arts management oh, okay. and, and getting a certification that from um, Seattle Central Community College, the best community college in the nation. And what is so, art management then? Are you, do you manage other artists or? No, it was the, the certification itself was mostly, I want to say like nonprofit management with some mm -hmm. experience, understanding how commercial galleries work, but it wasn't that academic, like uh, study art, become an artist, become a professor, teach art. But, mm. and so for me, I just always. Well, that's really interesting though, because it sounds like you learned all the things that people that went to art school didn't, you know, like, yeah, but that's well, only because I heard artists being like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, age. so then, so then you learned about, about the the art market and basically how, how it works kind of thing. Did you, Some way, I mean, it's still always a mystery. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just how to be an artist. And also then I also took, as I grew older, I, because I wanted to continue to, be an artist and make my art and make that a priority. I did. Mm -hmm. And so whether it, so I just have always like structured my life in order for art to be a priority. Okay. And then, so, so then you've never, cause I've never worked a day in my life. No, 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 <laughs> no. I, 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 cause when I started the podcast, part of the reason that I started it was because I kind of had an insecurity about not having my MFA, only having yeah, a BFA and all of that, but it sounds like you've never even needed that validation to define as an artist. How no, early, and, but also how my my artistic process as a result of being mostly self-taught doesn't, I've noticed, doesn't rely on like feedback and criticism the same way that artists who do go a more academic route seem to require. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's all about like honing my own vision, trusting my vision uh, and having value in me, what I'm doing. I, having, I find my own value and I don't really care about yeah. people. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the 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 the, the, the sh long and the short of it is that now I realize like, just do, all you have to do, like it's, it's a mystery, but work. it's 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 a mystery, but it's learnable, you know, how the industry works and all of that, like, that's well, essentially... and, and also about what's right for you. Yeah, like yeah. what's right for your work and where you're going. I mean, you can have a full understanding of the breadth of the industry or this career path, but then it's like, what's right for you? Like, pod not every artist is going to want a podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and not every artist is going to want to teach. Or no, is for sure, be good for sure. At teaching. Well, I mean, and and I find that a lot of the academic track of of art education it goes directly into like they're teaching you to be an adjunct professor. They're not teaching you how to be a super successful, you know, uh, mega gallery represented artist, right? Like, um, you, you even you were mentioning earlier before that like sometimes Werner will come and scoop up an artist from Tucson. Right. Which is like it, it would drive people crazy in L.A. who are desperate to get any kind of attention to hear that. But, yeah. you, you know, like like everybody's out here hustling and then it's still kind of a mystery how that happens to most now of I'm over us, here you know? sleeping in and panning in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but here's the thing, though. But also, like I 
as an artist that's not living in New York or LA, uh, you have to embrace the benefits of that and you have to find a way to function around it. And I'm sure someone's listening being like, who the fuck is this lady? I've never heard of her, you know, but for me, the priority is on process and being able to make my work. And I don't want to work to make my work. And when people ask me like, what advice do you have for a younger artist? I'm like, have a day job that doesn't suck you dry. Yeah, yeah. Have a day job that you can pay your bills and you can go home and still have the bandwidth to make art. Yeah. yeah. So whatever that is for you. Cause if you have a day job that is adjacent to the arts where you're, you know, um, burned out, burned out creatively, it's just going to do you no good. No. Yeah. And I mean, and I don't wait to be inspired to make your art. It's like oh, working yeah. out like working out and exercise like put it on the calendar put it on your schedule and do it at that time so do you apply to group shows and stuff like that or yeah. not oh yeah, you do? I apply. Uh, yeah i apply to shows all the time i tend to structure my time whether it be a day or a week or a season of going okay this is the day i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna apply for these things and then I, the times that I'm in the studio, I'm not getting in front of a computer. I'm not mm. cleaning my house. I'm doing the bare minimum of <laughs> parenting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it all. You can't so you're do a bad parent is what, what you're confessing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can't. Like, no, I mean, that. that's also an interesting thing is how do you, like, uh, I have a friend who I had on the show did the... Um, uh, what's it called? The the uh, uh, artist way episode, and yeah. she uh, her name is Natasha Caruana, and she she just had a daughter, and part of her documentation is the process of like sometimes, especially she's uh, I think that the daughter's a toddler. Uh, okay. Sometimes you have your plan, and then it gets derailed, and you have to like somehow work in the 100%. parenting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every woman, because my child is 16, so she's okay. hardly a toddler. Um, but She's not going to grab your crayon while you're working on something and be like, no, no but, it's my part now. <laughs> but I, uh, as a new, like, I feel like every woman, when they become a new parent, it's like, I'm an artist and I got this baby. I got a baby. <laughs> you know, it's like the thing. And then every, all the art's like, oh, did you know? I'm a mother. <laughs> and now my art's about birth, which mm -hmm. you can't help, but that is that the experience of birth and motherhood is like fully the most tribal transformative experience you could ever have on uh -huh. this planet in modern society. So you can't not, not be affected by it. But when your kid's older, you're like, for me, I, I want, I wanted to give full, time to my kid. I want to be a full-time parent and a full-time artist. And I managed to do them both because my kid wasn't a jerk. Mm. My kid, I would work when she was sleeping. She never walked on any of my art. <laughs> like she was a genius. She never like <laughs> scribbled on stuff. Actually once she was, when she was about four, I traded with another artist, Margot Bird. And Margot, I traded with her and the piece is of a cat and the cat has these ribbons and like little pearls that are eyeballs like bleeding out of its eye. Uh -huh. This is beautiful. My four-year-old hated it. 
She's like, <laughs> I said, oh, Margo made this. Here's a picture of her. And she's like, ask her why she makes fun of her cat. she hated this and so I was like zoned out had just gotten an iPad not even having an iPhone I was like "Uh uh-huh and my kid was like hey she came in and asked me something and I just said yes to it okay (laughs) what she asked was can I scribble on the eyeball of that painting I hate and I was just like (laughs) whatever and I came in there a couple weeks later maybe months I was like you scribbled on the eyeball. She's like, yeah, I hate that painting. So Margo, <laughs> Margo's a mother of two now. Okay. So she <laughs> understands the, the she struggle. Like, yeah. She looked good. She's working <laughs> and doing the babies. So, but yeah, that's probably the biggest th- threat to yeah. children is destruction. that they, destruction and that they won't like your art or your friend's art and they will say, Whoa, I never even thought of that. Yeah, they have, has your daughter has your daughter ever given you a harsh criticism? Mm, I mean, as like every day about my face. <laughs> like about no, my I mean baby. about your art projects. Um, <laughs> your face, you can't do anything about. <laughs> oh, you can. Oh, you can. Well, I, you're, um, no, you're, you're she, right. I'm from Miami, so I know that. <laughs> no, she. Um, I don't know if she's ever, but my spouse has, and he's not an artist. And but what does he, he do? Is he like an engineer specifically? I want the con. Is he's an engineer? Well, he was a, on a helicopter crew for a while, and he works with like um, digitizing maps now. Okay. And, and he cuts my paper, and he, whenever I need something like perfectly exact, that's my person. But I remember him when I was, uh, pregnant. I was like, what do you think about these sculptures, paintings? And he said, oh, they don't go together. Like they, <laughs> I started crying because I was pregnant. Like, <laughs> but it's like you, as an artist, highly recommend like a salt of the earth regular person <laughs> to come in and be like, no. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can see between... the hot glue, ma'am. Between the artists, we can kind of get high-minded sometimes. Well, and I feel like if you have, like, feedback loop from other artists at your station, socially, economically, artistically, they won't tell you when things are bad. And they'll tell you things yeah. that are bad and good. And they, That's an interesting they don't want thing. you to excel. They want you to stay in that spot with them i don't th- and i think it's unconscious i'm not saying it's yeah i i don't know about the they don't want you to excel but i do think i, I mean i i'm not pushing back either way i'm not no, no. endorsing or denying but what i would say is uh i think that a lot of times like just honestly straight up i have friends who are artists whose work does not resonate with me and i think a lot of times you know like if i'm going to give that person a critique you know, or a studio visit, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, all your work is shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, well, then I avoid this by n- just not having any friends that are artists. Oh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, but I really You prefer... hear it in my voice. I was like, doesn't it get lonely? <laughs> yeah, but I would rather be lonely than like with, uh, with people that are I don't know that I don't resonate with, as you put it. I mean, do you I find love- do you find in Tucson people are competitive about art? Like, because uh, out here it is. A oh, little I'm bit. sure it's yeah, more yeah. cutthroat. But uh, I, 
I don't know if people are necessarily competitive, but I maybe I don't notice because I don't work from that like scarcity model. Like I'm yeah. a more is more kind of person, but I do like socially, like I really do prefer to have friends that are just good at whatever they do, not necessarily mm -hmm. what I do. I mean, I do have artists. Interesting. But... I mostly like I have a hard time talking to normies. <laughs> normies are the best. Who's going to buy your art? Oh no no! I mean, I definitely I I love that, but uh, no no more more in terms of like uh, philosophical conversation. I mean, I do have an art podcast. I was gonna I say you're stuck. You can't be like, oh, I got I I the reason I have friends that are artists is because you have you got you got to make friends with artists. Yeah, that is true as well. But I find like when I'm like in terms of dating, like I don't know how to spit game to non-artists as effectively as I can to artists because there's like a commonality. There's a, there, there's like, it's like, uh, it would be the same as like people that want to date only Christians because they're Christian. I think there's a cultural, uh, understanding baseline understanding that people have when they're artists. Like, like for example, uh, I find it can be very difficult to explain to a non-artist that I'm going to sit in my studio and do nothing for a whole day. And yeah, that's productive. I, I found with my spouse, though, I found that when we were dating, like the fact that he was like, I'm going to go work on this vehicle for uh -huh. four hours, nice and quiet. And then I was like, I'm going to be in my studio. So like the harmony of like tandem uh, yeah. introvertedness. Tandem yeah, introvertedness but, is like being able to like do your thing and not be disturbed. But I would say, I, does he consider working on cars a hobby, and do you consider making art a hobby? That's that would be the difference. Uh, I would no. say. I consider I would say, like, mine a artists... calling and his like necessity to like. We're both working from a place of like we have to do this and okay, not okay, crazy. But I do find I I think of it art as not as a career path. I do think of it as like my true act of blind faith of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm mm -hmm. doing this. And this is the thing I do. And whenever it's a form of coping, whenever I'm stressed out, like my first inclination is like, oh, I got to get in my studio. I got to be making, you know, to rage against the dying of the day. Is that a band? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> like what yeah. happened to a dream deferred my man you have to like, i have to make this stuff or what is yeah, yeah. no what is i think i think that is sort of uh where the academic uh institutions get people <laughs> you know because they're like we're not going to teach you shit about the art world we're going to teach you about your practice and that is valuable you know like i yeah. think that a lot of uh academic training is mostly foot centered on the idea of uh, how to have an art practice and stuff like that. And kudos to you for being able to establish that without, uh, without training, you know, like I think that that is, 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 um, is anyway, I feel like I have derailed us from the humor topic because of my interest, because of like, I'm literally in this mindset of, this act like what like basically well, I'm, I'm trying funny this whole time so we're I not know, I know but I want to ask you about comedians uh, do you what, no. like what you, 
would you do you have any comedians that you like and then the other thing that's interesting about that is like the scandals that comedians get into versus the scandals that uh artists get into like i forget the name of the woman that did the um uh and i i don't know how tuned in you are into the art uh scandal market but the the woman that did the uh what's the what's the a uh, poor child that got beat up um Emmett Till Emmett Till that's the uh, so there was the white woman that, painted... that that lack of success of that piece and negative response was more about like context of like who created it and why. yeah yeah and and I think I, I I think that that but it's interesting um but I think people don't really generally people don't care about art <laughs> like well, no, art, you know, art people art scandals, care about. like happened in a vacuum yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, I will some agree sort of something but like comedy scandals are amplified because they're on netflix if art was on netflix then maybe people would have more of a, <laughs> of a reaction about it because i mean you and i both know we see a lot of not successful pieces yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> and no, what for happens sure. they just sit there and then they die and go away yeah it's kind of like open mic night okay yeah <laughs> like that's open fair. mic night if you've ever been you will go home and need a shower because you will hear so many off not funny dick sperm vagina jokes my vagina's dry is a very popular yeah. one uh, <laughs> and then you go home and you're just like I think you just gave me a clip that's going to go viral. My vagina is dry. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're saying it, it'll go viral. <laughs> With me, not so much. So I think an unsuccessful joke, you know. Well, that's like, that's interesting. Bad, that... But if it's Dave Chappelle, like, punching down about trans people, like, mm. it has this, it has a platform that takes it away, that it can be shared. An unsuccessful sculpture does it resonate on on the same level? Yeah. Um, so then, so you're not a Dave Chappelle fan? I uh, I'm I'm fan of no one. You so, but do do you have you ever laughed at one of his jokes? Now I'm a, now that's a gotcha. I I actually enjoy his his stand up. I I get people getting very worked up about I it. Mean, I understand. I I think I think the idea of punching down is maybe something that I would. I, I find like, you know, really well, it, that, it, that that that's who you're going to go after. Not not all the institutions that punch down on a daily basis. Like, you know, like for me, that's for me, that's like a culture war issue. And like like I would I was going to bring up Matt Reif, who had the scandal, you know, and. People aren't like those jokes aren't funny. You know, people are definitely laughing at the things Dave Chappelle says, whether yeah, or not. But should it not exist? That's what the thing. Like, oh, yeah. No, I think something's not funny doesn't mean like when it comes to. No, no, like, no. I'm, I'm I'm talking more specifically about backlash and whatnot. Like I get it, I get that people are going to be offended by jokes all the time. Right. Like the risk but, you take. What's that? It's the risk you take of making a joke. Yeah, it's the risk you take. And if some people find something funny and it's tasteless, like I don't have a, I don't, I don't get, I, of course, I'm not a trans person. So if the jokes are not directed at I'm me. I'm not going to make, I, I don't think it's funny. But when I personally, for me, when I watch comedy, I'm like not laughing in general. 
I'm like, what is happening? Like I went to an open mic night recently and there was a older man and he got up there and made very bad, disgusting jokes. And no one was laughing except for my response of like, oh my God, I'm watching an actual predator. And I turned to myself and I was like, that man is a predator. And he's like, you don't know that. And I was like, I I know it. I was gagged at it. The people across from me, the wife turned to her husband. He was kind of giggling and she was like, don't laugh at this. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is a, this is performance art. This response, this reaction to this man is wild and that's that's what i'm here for <laughs> yeah I, it's just an interesting uh space and i don't necessarily want to get into a conversation about dave predator. Chappelle specifically <laughs> at, no predators either much less dave, like you know dave, i i just i find that a lot of outrage even or i you know what i, I find a lot of the moralizing that goes into what people are and aren't allowed to say ends up being pretty puritanical. And it comes from a very uh, white group of people, right? Like, well, do you see that same, I guess, puritanicalness, which is America in general, American culture? Do you see that? Do you feel like you see that in art where there are? No, no, I think it's a, I think it's a pervasive thing, you know, like, like, I think I think you can't. OK, here's what I think. I think you can't defend piss Christ and then uh, 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 and then bash Dave Chappelle. It, it, I think that that comes from a very uh, specific ideological point of view that I don't necessarily agree with. I think piss Christ is just as valid as. What's it called? But like people, people, here's the thing. People cheer on piss Christ because they don't like Christianity, right? So it's okay to punch at Christianity and all of that. And like, that's fine. You can have your, your yeah, political institution. An institution is different than like a person that can actually get punched. <laughs> like an oppressed people, meaning like- Like Christianity. It's different it, than like a group of marginalized people. Because Christians aren't marginalized. So you're punching up, like up to Jesus. I don't I don't prescribe to the punching up, punching down concept. <laughs> I, I really well, don't. Because well, because if we apply that, if we apply that, then you wouldn't vote for fucking Biden right now. You know, but people are still going to vote for him despite what he's doing in the world right now. You know, like we are literally actively punching down constantly as a nation through imperialism. And to me, it's it's kind of like a dude telling a joke versus people actually being murdered in like Honduras, Haiti and all of that. It's all performative and it's all bullshit. So like, if you want to talk about punching down, I'll have that conversation, but it's yeah. within this, the confines of a, of a certain thing. And like, you know, I would say that there's like a, a current trend to hate white men, right? Like, what? like, like there there's you know i'm married a white man no but there's like there's a there's a cultural there's a cultural moment right now where people are doing are saying things that are like oh what like it's like it's become uh cool to just offhandedly shit on white people and 
like, you know, the Holocaust happened between white people, right? <laughs> like, like it was ethnicity that played into a part in that, right? Like we're not talking about the, uh, uh, we're, we're completely erasing a horrible aspect of racism, which racism is also, also about, against ethnicity. So when you start making it okay to like shit on people and it becomes popular, to me, it's gauche because all it really amounts to is people, to me, it's exactly the same as when people in the 90s were like, I don't see color. It's a fucking flex. It's it yeah, is a hundred percent just a way of saying like I get it, and you don't fucking get it. White people yeah. don't know what the struggle of being a black person is, and so it's this whole thing of like punching up, punching down. Like you don't know what it's like to be a trans person, and now you're in a you're a fucking authority about it, and you yeah. can you can sort of be like, oh, Dave Chappelle said, let the trans people talk about it, but like everybody's like canceling his ass, like you know, like. Are, is every single person that's writing an article about how Dave Chappelle is transphobic a trans person? No. Yeah. <laughs> and they no, could and, be. And as someone who's raising a young person who will eventually very soon be an adult, that our conversation, when it comes, like our kitchen table conversation in regards to humor and art and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and what happens in our home and what happens outside of our home or the conversations we have are two different things. But for me, uh, you know, I'm raising a Gen Z and a Gen Z wants to cancel using that term, everything. And I, you know, and I, I say, well, you can boycott someone, you can not click on them, you can uh, mute them, you could not make them money by watching their YouTube videos or participating in whatever way they're uh, able to continue what you don't like but people exist you can't cancel people yeah and, it, and i feel like a lot of that is institutional right like who who are the ones coming after comedians and can and trying to cancel them it's a lot of academics right it's a lot of people that went to journalism school at columbia you know you got people like taylor lorenz i you know it's it's to me, it's like, yeah, you can be offended by the things that Dave Chappelle says. But once you start saying that, like, he needs to not, not exist, not exist, like then you're on an authoritarian kick. Like people forget that, like people support fascism because it benefits them. Right. Like people become fascist because it's a reaction to something. Mm -hmm. And I just think that authoritarianism is wrong no matter who is, you know, like, Oh, you're gay. So now you want to be an a, a authoritarian? Fuck you. You don't get I don't give you that power any more than anybody else, you know? Like it, to me it that that whole discourse is 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 crazy. But anyway, we can talk about other comedians that this you do like. It's not usually how your podcast goes. It sometimes <laughs> does. No, it does. Uh but but uh but no, we 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 don't have to like I honestly didn't want you you, you think I wanted to defend Dave Chappelle when I have queer people on the podcast. I did not have that on my bingo card. I said I just simply said I don't want to talk about Trump. And then we went Ooh. Well, no, no, but I'm just I'm just talking in terms of like uh in ter well, the, the, I, there are some uh pet peeves with things like uh punching up and punching down. I just think is such a dumb concept, you know? Like like it's it's such a it's it's uh it's a rhetorical exercise in shutting down dialogue. 
right? And 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 for me, and but we seem to agree. Like I, you know, I think it's okay for you to be offended by D Dave Chappelle, and I think you should talk all the shit you want about Dave Chappelle. I never said if I was. No, 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 not you, not you. I just, I just mean in the general sense. But I would say the joke wasn't funny. The, and that's the, fine. The you joke can, wasn't you, funny. It, was, it just which, wasn't which a joke, funny joke. Which you joke know? are we talking about, though? He did a whole a, a whole stand up set, and I find that most people that have canceled him, look, I sat I sat here, I I watched an episode, I, I watched it with uh, Dave Chappelle uh, uh, with uh, Raheem Cunningham, and he told me he didn't find it okay, and that's okay. Like he he told me why he didn't agree with some of the that's stuff that like he was the, saying. The response to art or comedy is individual. And, exactly. and sometimes it's immediate, like a laugh. And sometimes you have to go home and think about it and think of and process. Well, that's and the thing about it. humor, too, that it's like it's involuntary. Right. So like you have a you like, well, you don't force a laugh at something that's not funny. Right. Like if people if, if like there are legitimate people that find things funny that are not OK, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> like and and then to to to. You know, like it's like you're no longer allowed to be wrong, which is an interesting concept. Like, um, how so? Like with misinformation, like people trying wanting to censor misinformation. It's like people used to be allowed to just get shit wrong. But anyway, oh, let's but talk people, about. But no, no, but people in the past, they had it whack. <laughs> they responded like we are like, oh, all the misinformation out there. I'm like, literally, people were like basing the reactions to events on like full but that's not a, that's not illegal <laughs> you can no, no, be not wrong. Legal. You can't. that's but what i'm saying that's all i'm saying perpetuated by like journalistic standards what's that it's illegal if it's perpetuated by like lack of journalism. yeah but but i mean the new york times told us there were weapons of mass destruction we didn't fucking cancel them you know like that's all i'm saying anyway we, we don't have to get whoa, into whoa, this whoa. debate <laughs> i want to hear about what what comedians you enjoy uh, and, and and like you you know and then get you canceled based on that no no who would what I cancel like? uh, my most favorite canceled comedians uh no but it's funny because like it's not funny uh <laughs> it's odd because sometimes you can go through like an arc of like enjoying comedy and then you're like oh they just goofed it on Palestine <laughs> yeah <laughs> like right yeah now, for sure happening where you're like oh maybe I don't want to participate in giving them my laughs but for me it's andy kaufman for me andy kaufman oh, is wow. performance art and uh comedy and and art it's just bizarro enough but i think what made i think my response to that is because it was like a time before the internet i was gonna say can you imagine a dude wrestling women now <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to see that let's do it let's, let's we, that's do it. what we should have done yeah yeah we should I do... should have punched you. You should punch me. Yeah, I'll <laughs> wrestle anybody. <laughs> I don't care if you're married. <laughs> I don't care if you're married. I will wrestle you. I, hey, let's cut a promo. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's do that for the screen sh for the for your thumbnail. Let's be like. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any contemporary comedians that you that like? Wh who do you or you know what? When people the the the. I also think it's funny right now we're in a, in a moment where the comedy scene is so oversaturated, where I do watch specials of famous comedians yeah. like 
I watched the Pete Holmes special. I was like, this shit is not funny. It did not make me laugh one time. Then I watched the Cat Williams special and I was like, holy shit, this is really yeah, but funny. Cat Williams is a, <laughs> is a very problematic person. In what that, sense? That he has been charged and then settles out of court with many a fucking beatdown. I oh, don't really? know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I was listening to a deep dive onto his like background of like. But of, wait, he's he's beating. Who's he beating? Um, employees, fans. Uh, it's oh wow. It, I, this is a recent thing because I was like, oh, he's funny. He's odd. Like I like. An well, he odd just had. He just blew up because he did the the thing. I I actually yeah. don't know because he always no, no, talks about his charges. Like, this is a deep dive I listened to on another podcast. And what podcast is it? Hot Psychology. <laughs> Which maybe we should be high for this conversation. But <laughs> I did a deep dive and it's it I was shocked. It's R. Kelly level of oh wow of of abuse. And I don't want cat coming for me, so no, I definitely don't want cat. I cat, I love you. But I probably could take him because <laughs> he's small. I mean, I don't know, man. That guy can run pretty fast. Anyway, so but Holy, but I've got asthma, so I can't get away. Look, I have no problem with what happened to Louis C.K. I don't think that you're that you that your funniness out out uh you know like that was a man that was doing fucked up shit using his power and status. I don't have a problem with people not being, not fucking with his comedy anymore. Yeah. I feel bad for the people who uh, worked with him and came up and are, yeah. are left high and dry. But I mean, I mean, we, we're, we, you never hear of like a woman doing that. I just like to put that on the record. You never hear of a woman. There's probably some out there being like, Oh, I was, I was making a man feel uncomfortable. <laughs> in a small space i mean i'll do it if you want me to i'll make you feel uncomfortable but <laughs> in general like you don't really hear about women oh, i think also using their power i mean we should maybe do it this is we maybe this do is, it more often maybe this is a uh lowbrow uh take <laughs> on this but i think most guys would be like into it <laughs> yeah but there's a way to really make men feel uncomfortable that... what, pegging them <laughs> no just like i like to yell yeah Look, i i think i think but i think that like you know the, like i think with him that's not things he said you know with uh with louis ck those are th actions that he did and when you, what you're telling me about cat williams yeah that's a fucking problem now does that change that he was funny for a very long you know, time? It, it, my, it my I, I'm not going to. My rule of thumb is like, because we're talking about like, can the art be separate from the artist? Mm -hmm. Like, let's cancel Picasso. He's a dick. Let's cancel Miles Davis. He wasn't really cool with ladies. Well, like, Hannah Gatsby, but, it, since you're mentioning Picasso, is not funny. <laughs> well, for me though, I my like step like once the artist is dead, I feel like we can appreciate them for who they are. Like once they can't perpetuate whatever fucked upness they're doing, then they it's get a, a pass. Yeah, like so once someone's dead, I'm like, you know, they dead. 
I got the last word. I get the last response. I got the context of now times versus past times. Well, now they're so, doing. But if they're still alive. It's like deuces. Yeah. I, no, I mean, but then also look at like uh, someone like what's his name? Uh, Eddie Murphy, who was like huge and super famous and super funny. And you look at his old stuff and you're like, eh, I don't know if I can stomach you're this. Like, what anymore. was wrong with my parents? And what was wrong with me? Because I used to find that shit funny, you know, but then that that like, I mean, but that is like it. I just find it a, like an interesting thing. I I definitely don't think that uh, like I think I don't think that Dave Chappelle making jokes that hurt people's feelings and this guy jerking off in front of his employees is the same thing. I'm okay with, you, you know, like I have a problem with him. He's still around. He still does podcasts and uh, uh, Louis CK. And I'm like, man, not really interested because I, he's a problem, fucking creep. <laughs> yeah, but my problem with like both of those scenarios is that there is a woman or a person of color or a trans person that's just as fucking funny and isn't doing those things. That's the problem. Is why that I know they, out there because we all can't. There's but why haven't they made it? Why haven't they? Because hit of that the level? institutionalized power dynamic. But of, is that Dave Chappelle's problem? No, but I'm saying like there is. Oh, I, that's how I see you, it. I'm like there's you, always you, someone out there. Can I? Can I point out? Just, there's lots of just as funny people. Can like, I point out being, though? Being can good I point out though that you said person of color and he is a person of color? Well, I was thinking <laughs> Louis C.K. that one. Okay. No, but but anyway, we we can we we, we don't have to dissect this all day like it's Thanksgiving dinner. No, I want to <laughs> know who you find funny and you can Oh, who do I find funny. funny? Um I like I really don't find anyone funny, but if I was to give a name to you right now, I really enjoy Amy Sedaris. Okay. I would so say she... that's the closest thing I am to a fan of anyone in this world because uh and I do like David's writing her brother, but um, he's nothing but a complainer. He's yeah, nothing yeah. but complaints, and I appreciate that about him because I'm a complainer. <laughs> and but I enjoy Amy because she's delightful and weird and wild and uh, sometimes inappropriate, but not in a way that like you know you're gonna. I went to one of her. Uh, she she did a uh, book on cooking, and yeah. I went to like her reading signing thing. And yeah. I had tried to turn off my phone because I didn't want it to make any noise. And it still went beep. <laughs> and yeah. she acknowledged it. You're she was like, ha ha beep. And I was like, fuck, I, I literally tried. So that was my takeaway of my experience. I just, when my person. phone isn't off, by chance, but I compulsively check it like 10 times. Yeah. Things. When my phone isn't off and it rings in a inappropriate situation i just act like it's not my phone i go whoa who did that <laughs> but but you know david sedaris also caused the stir do you remember his his uh his uh um moment in the sun of uh bad press what was remind me he, he he and his uh sister were shopping and they and he got really mad at uh the sales clerk because they were not accommodating in a certain way i think they, yeah. they like didn't have any way to package his things. And so he he did a whole thing complaining about it. And everybody called him out because he used to write comedy from the other perspective, from the perspective oh, yeah, of the, the retail worker. Yeah, yeah. That's so, he made bread and butter on being an elf. 
Yeah. And, and so, so it, it, it's, it's funny. Like there's no escaping people like coming after there's you. There's no even... escaping criticism <laughs> in our society today. People just jumping on you over, over yeah. shit. And like, and, and then they will, anyway, Cancel it's, him. it's just funny how like comedians end up in this space where like, even the most, like, like I, I would say, uh, palatable to a liberal audience uh it like uh, sedaris has fallen under that category they they like npr the, you know, crowd the NPR, crowd. npr crowd perfectly said uh but it, it's just funny like i having this conversation makes me so happy that i decided to go back to art and because i did comedy you probably did, make more money in comedy than art i did uh i did stand up for for like uh for a while and i considered myself a, like somebody that was pursuing it and then I had one bad set. All it took was one, one bad, bad set. set. Yeah, I I had done four sets, and then the the fourth one went bad. That's and then, like usually the that's the like process. Well, no, but but I was just like I sat down and I was like, okay, it's gonna take me at least seven years to get good at this, and I've already spent seven years learning how to be an artist. Like maybe. I'm just doing this because I'm not addressing my, I, I don't have a creative output. And then I really? got back into art. So that's, I think that you could have done both in tandem if you just got a therapist. I I did have a therapist. <laughs> it was just really hard. I just don't like not being like, not, you know, <laughs> I, no, I, I, it was, it was, it, it, I had, I had experienced the highs and the lows I did not like, you know, like the, yeah, I was just like, know. oh, this is not for me. No, there's definitely more of a risk. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when it comes to comedy than with art, because art can be edited and you can have a curator's input and it can be shined up and the light can be put on it a little better. You know, it can become, it can be elevated, even if it's just a spray painted two by four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. But you can't so spray paint a two by four and like, bring it to the stage in front of an yeah. audience and go, don't you find this funny? Actually, I might do that next time. What? <laughs> do, do... <laughs> Prop comedy. Prop comedy. Prop comedy. That's okay. The that's the beautiful crossover of sculpture. Dimitri and, Martin got called a prop comic. <laughs> like the comedians that just did the microphones. It's such an interesting world. They are also so fucking like, honestly, uh, like I, I stay up to date on all the little podcast scandals because they just show up in my feed. And right, you know who Tom Segura is? I've heard the name. He's a he he. I have in the past really enjoyed his comedy, but he recently had a meltdown on Twitter because now he's like super rich because he got famous through being like one of Joe Rogan's friends. So he appears Ooh. a lot on Joe Rogan. Gives there. him a bump. That's why it's familiar, but not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So so him and this other guy, Bert Kreischer, they have a podcast called Two Bears, One Cave. To me, it's amazing how many people don't realize that that formulation of two, this, one, this comes from like a literal scat video. And like, you'll see like kids content labeled like that. I'm like, two no. children, one nap, mommy blog. Yeah, and there was that movie Wreck It Ralph Breaks the Internet, which someone pointed out, a comedian pointed out that like that is like a reference to when Kim Kardashian put out that butt picture of her that like became Oh really yeah, famous. yeah, that broke the internet. That broke the internet. And literally, right? my internet didn't work for weeks. Yeah, no. And then Cat William recently broke the internet. <laughs> yeah. Did you have you heard about his club Shay Shay thing? Oh, I have, but I was about to indulge in it and then I found out that it got about, ruined about, by the truth. 
Yeah. And no, I, like, I did. I did, I did not know that. And if Cat Williams is beating his employees, that is awful. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's where Rich and Tracy from the Pot by yeah. Podcast for making that happen for me. Did <laughs> <laughs> not happen. Yeah, but but anyways, going back to Tom Segura, like what what I find interesting is like now all of his audience hates him because he had a meltdown where he started complaining about something at an airport and then he started going after his fans and calling them poors. <laughs> oh, good. I call my family poors. I'm like, get off my leave me alone, poors. Let me do your dishes for you. <laughs> yeah. So then I know I wish my fans would um hate me. Hate you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you have comedy fans already? No, I was thinking art. <laughs> art fans. Do you do you do you have a following? Because it seems like you do. I mean people like flowers mm. that i don't feel like i'm uh <laughs> doing what i don't know i it's nice when people know your work and you don't have to tell them about it it's nice to meet people and not have to go like have answer the question like oh what kind of art do you make that's just a yeah. relief <laughs> just a relief i'll just well, say you, you you addressed your vision earlier and you alluded it to it being kind of oversaturated with uh glee but also a little bit dark manic yeah it's manic. Manic, so. i put everything that like i put all i put all my intensity and like any obsessive compulsive any processing of emotions through repetitively making art <laughs> <laughs> through making and then the uh the... And people seem to like it people seem to like it <laughs> but the pro the process for you like do you when you're when you're done with the end product like what what do you have like a uh, an, an objective that you're going through or is it mostly just purging just emotional relief and being able to sleep at night really nice. yeah 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 like I go <laughs> lay down and then I'm like flowers flowers like repetitive <laughs> but it's something that I pulled from like I mentioned before being sick as a child I would draw repetitive imagery and uh as a form of solace and re relief so now i just do it as an adult and it helped me cope through the pandemic and yeah and people look at it and they feel some sense of relief <laughs> i think so also yeah yeah no i mean i i i enjoy sort of the the manicness of it <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I mean i have to get it out somehow it's and like it, a I it's would like, be making it even if no one liked was into it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the sickness. Yeah, yeah. That That's is the how sickness. sick I am. That's what we document on this show. Um, sickness. Yeah. Yeah. The sickness of not being able to not do it. <laughs> yeah, right. So you you said humor and I immediately went to stand-up comedy before I did we too. but no, no, I know. But do any any other humorists that you like? Do I I uh, I grew up really enjoying Carl Hyacin, who does very specific Miami, Florida based characters that I completely recognize growing up. And I was like, oh, yeah, I knew this guy and all of that. Is there yeah. any any author that resonates? I mean, Sedaris is obviously in that realm, which yeah. is what got me thinking about this question. Mm, that's a tough one. I mean, when I was young, I, I liked I like a Gilda Radner. Okay. Like as a kid, I was like, whatever that lady is made of, 
like I I want to be a part of that. So a lot of your your stuff comes from like reruns, I would imagine. <laughs> I watched. Ratner I, was not. I watched three TV, years older than me. <laughs> I watch TV the same way I always have watched TV. Uh-huh. I turn it on. I adjust the antenna. I'm not <laughs> streaming. I am. You know, you can watch like regular TV still. I, this is my public service <laughs> announcement. It's sixteen dollars. Buy yourself an antenna. Enjoy some Mark and Mindy reruns right now. Dabble has girlfriends. Uh, they, are they are they pl- are they playing uh, Gilda Radner re- reruns right now? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> what were her shows? Eat. She was on Saturday Night Live, but SNL, she also SNL. But like just the wa- wacky wildness of her characters, I think. Yeah, like, I I choose to embody when I'm in public, so I don't have to like be myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say that, you know, if we're doing parting shots, because we've been going for a, a little while. Yeah, um, I got I to take a nap soon. Yeah, me too. That's exactly where I'm going. So <laughs> I, I like that our processes are similar. Yeah. Um, what I would say is that I think the 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 notion that cancellation has made comedy not funny is entirely bullshit. All of the comedians that get canceled succeed beyond their wildest dreams. Yeah. Uh, like anybody that I know of has been canceled, has only been good for their career. So yeah. I don't I don't really care that people are canceling people because yeah. it's kind of dumb anyway. And I think so, more visual artists should be canceled. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cancel me, please. No, don't cancel <laughs> me. <laughs> but um, but I also think I think that stand-up comedy is notably not as funny as it used to be. And I think it's because there's a lot of not funny people. Like I think yeah, the market yeah. has been oversaturated no there's a lot of shitty male comics i'm not gonna lie there's also some bad like i don't think whitney cummings is that funny but you know i don't think it's a a new mom you can't say that that about a new mom just kidding (laughs) but but i I think i think when you like i i try to watch stand-up specials and i'm like this is not at all like not even clever sometimes yeah, a lot of stuff on special versus the like being in the context of the nasty ass club with their garbage food you have to buy like that experience is chef's kiss yeah, it's yeah. like the context it's like going to like someone's shitty art show with their crappy cheese and their two buck chuck like there's just <laughs> something that like can't be replicated with that context. I feel like we all need to get out, adjust our antennas, uh-huh. get out there, watch regular TV, be in the comedy clubs and go to art shows. Yeah. Have you ever been and seen somebody that was like literally bombing and just yeah, not making it. any? Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> oh, Help so me. so so you are a comedian. No, I've never bombed. <laughs> You've never bombed? No, I'm just saying, I, yeah, I love a bomb. Yeah. Like I with, like as the bomb is dropping, I'm like, oh, could be my child, could be my son, because it's a boy. How how uh how often do you get up? Uh oh, on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, recently, I did a real like I gave it some thought, and so I'm fresh off of a recent like working out with a mentor, like a really firm set that was memorized and. Mm. Did it. And I came off as like the Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> like I came off like so I felt like so clean compared to those like sleaze balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, everyone here's a nasty perv. 
And they're like, they need, they need this to get that out where I, I live pervert. <laughs> I don't oh need to go God. on stage. I to- really want to meet your husband now because that <laughs> I'm just imagining him so subdued. <laughs> He's so subdued. There Literally. can't be two of you in a relationship. <laughs> no, no, that's the facts. I tell everyone when people are like, I'm looking for someone that's going to mirror me and be just like me. And I'm like, I want someone to do my taxes, to cut paper correctly, <laughs> to fix my car and to tell me, He's told me when I'm not funny, it's when I'm drunk. <laughs> so I stopped drinking. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. It, so being funny is that important to you? <laughs> yeah, I, I sacrifice. I sacrifice alcoholism for comedy. <laughs> well, you've definitely made me laugh today. So I appreciate that. Now um, we're best friends. Yes, now we're best friends for sure. Uh, we still have a wrestling match to schedule. Yeah. No, it's a threat. Hey whatever your name is, Javier. I thought you did research on me. Miami 2025, Art Basel, I'm kicking your ass. Oh, that might be interesting Uh, as a a performance art. You might turn me on. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, anything that we didn't touch on on the way out? You know, you you got to make me laugh and you're content. (laughs) What's that? We touched on things I didn't even want to touch on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your, this is going to be your least popular. <laughs> uh, um, you know what, man? I don't even think of it that way anymore. I just. Uh, you're pumping them out. I you're You just got to you got to hit the deadline, you know, so. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. And it was a pleasure. I hope I didn't. Someone not in L.A or new york thank you for that no i'm i i, I mean you're not the first but uh, uh what's but i'm it, the you're, last I'm you're the last, last. yeah yeah no <laughs> no i i i just think you know it's one of those things where like uh the stand-up space is so like comedians are so uh self-involved in this really interesting way that yeah. i just find the whole the whole space like they're, it's you know, like artists wrapped up in their own shit. No one cares about. Right. Yeah. But I don't hear artists saying that they're the last line of defense on free speech, which is the dumbest shit that like Joe Rogan they should says. be saying that <laughs> because it's true. What are we talking about? Pitt's price on everything. <laughs> that sounds like a, a song. <laughs> Pitt's price on right. everything. Anyway, yeah. uh, it's it's been a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> what can we promote for you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Lex Jurassic, L-E-X-G-J-U-R-A-S-I-C. So sounds like the park, not spelt like the park. Uh, that's my website, LexJurassic.com. And uh, sometimes I'm at Laughs here in Tucson, Arizona. Doing stand-up? <laughs> <laughs> and laughing at people. Laughing at people. Uh, yeah. Where, where, what is the uh, ethnic background to uh, Jurassic? Jurassic, it's Are Croatian. You from, it's Croatian. Okay, mm-hmm. but I'm Any, a mix, mix of you, lots of swarthy. What mix, mix of what? Lots of swarthiness. Isn't swarthiness dark skin? Yeah, swarthy, swart, just sexy, just sexy, ambiguously sexy. <laughs> ethnic. Okay, you got a little of that going on. Uh, yeah, they call it olive skin where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, that's the Miami explanation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's the that that's the uh, the way that we tell ourselves that we're not white. 
exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, cancel me or don't based on my opinions about uh, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah. I know that people feel very strongly about him. Uh, I think it's fair to not like him. Please only leave negative reviews for this podcast. We oh, only no, don't encourage <laughs> people to kidding, do that. <laughs> I still, I, I, in fact, no. I'm going to ask because you said that I'm going to ask you to go and rate my podcast because on <laughs> Apple podcasts, the rating, I got like a one star and a two and a three star. And I'm like, bro, if you don't like it, just don't listen just to leave it. it. Like, why are you leave it. Yeah. The internet, <laughs> you don't have to give your opinion. It, well, it's just funny how how people that like love the show don't do it, but people that hate it like take the time, you know. <laughs> like, just so, like marriage, just like so marriage. So if you guys if you guys could be so kind, go to uh, Apple to Podcasts and and uh, and give us a five star review to get us out of the four point seven rating that we're at because we're much better than that, and we've gotten better since those reviews came out. So we, we leave negative reviews on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I thrive off of them. You do? Oh, no, nice. <laughs> for my for my comedy. I'll read for your them. comedy, you get to complain. I was telling my mom some of the art drama that I uh, uh, that I get involved in. She's she she goes like, "Well, Javier, it sounds like you're putting together a, a comedy special." <laughs> so, and I love your mom. Oh, my mom. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. I love you, Javier. Have a good day. I love you, you too. Away. I hope your husband's okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and then we'll be back next uh, week with another guest and another topic that may or may not be art related. <laughs>